welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here again with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey, hey. And Mike Yozipovich. Hi. Wow, Mike, you're still wearing the same clothes you were wearing last week's episode. I know. I like these clothes. Gross. If I had to guess, you have not showered since our last week's episode. I haven't. Hmm. He always was a dirty birdie of the group. Yep. Okay. That's a lie. We're back. (laughs) That's a very big lie. (laughs) We're back. Um, News and notes. So we're back with part two of the Rookie Running Max. Part two. Ooh. Look at you, Charlie Sheen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And go bow hunting with a rubber chicken. So, <laughs> going, we're going into these running backs. Now, don't be fooled, okay? Tier two, tier three of these running backs, there's still, still some pretty good talent out here um, in this deep rookie running back class. And even after this, after we get through these guys here, we got about 10 more guys we want to talk about here, 10 to 12 more guys. There's going to be more running backs as well that we don't mention. They're going to get some hype after the NFL Combine, after the NFL Draft, because there's still a long list of potential talent here. So, at the top of these rankings here, our next consensus guy is Marlon Mack, running back, South Florida. of the Mack. Six foot, 210 pounds. This guy is the AAC all-time leading rusher with 3,609 yards. Um, You know, he's tied or owns 14 of USF's records. I mean, this is a guy that just has good patience, hits the hole with excellent burst, and when he does, this guy can take it to the house anytime he touches it. I mean, when I was watching this tape, the number one thing I liked about it was like, wow, look at the way that, how fast this guy just hits that hole and gets through, gets through there. I mean, this guy's just an explosive playmaker. I mean, he's elusive. Right. He's got great speed, excellent balance, terrific vision. His, pa- his pass protection was average, you know, at best from what I saw. Downfall, not great at catching the football. A lot of body catches, not a lot of action going on in that category. Runs a little high. Um, and he's more elusive than powerful. I mean, six foot two ten, but it's like a power running back is not really his game. Uh, for a guy that doesn't catch the football, he's still super explosive. He is. He's definitely an explosive guy. I didn't have a ton of notes on this guy. I only got a chance to watch probably two two games of him. But what really jumped off the page for me was his burst and his quickness, absolutely, yes. and his ability to like kind of navigate through through inside runs and and and, and through the holes on in, in between the tackles type of runs. So. Uh, I, I think he's a nice prospect. I, I like him. Right. I mean, I guess, like, you know, before all these, like, podcasts and all these websites and ranking lists came out, this would be a guy, like, back in the day where I, I would just kind of star where uh, this is going to be, like, one of my sleeper picks. He would have been maybe. one of your sneaky yeah, guys coming you know, from just, a smaller, smaller right, school. Absolutely. I, I mean... You know, is he going to be a featured guy? Eh, probably not, but could he be a good role player? I, but I would like, I like the upside because he does have the explosiveness, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, well, now he's starred for you. He's a nice prospect. Um, we all kind of agreed where we had him here. Now, we all are going to say this beforehand all these guys here, these are not in a particular order. Um, these are not our rankings. These are just guys that we're going to highlight here and think they're kind of the best of the next group of running backs. But I would have me personally, I think Marlon Mark Mar- Marlon Mack would be the top of this group for me right here. Like you said, upside. Right. I like the upside. Playmaking ability. Yeah. Uh, t- uh personally, I would I have him a little bit lower myself. Uh-huh. Um but I, I like I said, I only got through a couple of games. I didn't re- get a chance to really dig deep on him. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean speed, elusiveness, 
envision are the qualities that this guy has that's going to make him a success in the NFL. Um, his fumbling issue is a huge concern, and that, but that comes away with the way he carries. I mean, he's out there with the ball at times, just literally flailing this ball around. He had like eight fumbles in like an X amount of span. I mean, it was ridiculous. But a lot of those, I believe, can be easy. I think his fumbles aren't a fumble concern of the way he carries. It's just mostly because of the way he carries the ball. And that's why, because it easily be something that's coached. And by coach, I mean it could be fixed in that category. But do you like the upside? Does have the NFL build being at six foot two ten, so good quality, uh, good quality there. But a guy definitely could make some plays at the ne- next level. Um, I mean, I, I feel like for some of the reasons you said, he he's going to be one of these guys that ends up being a later round guy in the NFL draft. Oh, for sure. Like uh, you know, fifth round pick or something like that. He's um, definitely going to be influence of where he lands. Right. Um, that's going to be a huge, I said um way too many times, so I apologize, but where he lands is going to be a big decider of where he moves up and down in the second tier. So Matt doesn't like him really a couple spots lower, but Mike and I like him pretty much right around here. Right. right? He would have been like a one. Yeah. I think like he wouldn't be my next guy. Cause now that I think the next guy we're talking about would actually be fair point. My next okay. player. However, I do like him. I would have marked to start him. You're marked him as a sleeper. Possibly. I, th- I think these next two guys are very comparable of where you want them. Um, next guy we're going to talk about is Deontay Foreman from Texas. 6'1", 249. That's a big guy. He's a big, big boy. Huge. 2,000, 28 yards. Can't be 15 denied, man. That's a lot. touchdowns. 6.3 yards per carry. He is a powerful runner with not a lot of wiggle. But does have good vision, patience. Can take it, Duke. Dude, he could just take it hard down the line, man. Um, <laughs> Taking it hard. Um, All right. I thought he actually moved pretty well, to be honest. For the for as big as he is, his speed is good. By I wiggle, thought, I mean I was talking about like his lateral agility. I didn't think it was terrible. I, I mean, okay, yeah, personally, um, I love his speed for his size. Oh yeah, for his size, it, it's pretty big. Um, for as big as he is, he needs to work on his pass pro a little bit also. I mean, he can get in guys' way, and but he needs to just – I think he needs to know his assignments a little bit better in that area. Yeah, so. I mean, my concerns with him are, one, he only has 13 career receptions. Right. I and mean, that's just not – he's not a pass-catching player at all. This guy's going to be PPR to- league totally touchdown dependent. Touchdown dependent kind of runner. Fall, mm-hmm. Totally falls into that Derrick Henry kind of category running back there. Uh, endurance at times seemed iffy for him where you see games and then the games like he's just totally mouth breathing, totally out of like this, totally winded. Yeah, totally winded. Right. When you're running for like two and 300 yards, I would too. I get so, that too. Right. There's some people, I mean, some people like ball, like they, they said, Hey, is this guy totally committed to football? I mean, he's getting 30 carries a game too. I mean, come on. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, just, yeah, new, no, just put enough. some notes here. Okay. Uh, some people are like, hey, you know, his arms could be a little bit more defined for how big of a guy is this. How how much is this guy working out? You know, yeah, like right. let's let's see where he's at. Uh, he's a north south runner. Uh, his balance. He's one of those guys we talked about before. Like balance comes in effect. Like how good are you? Where he get like he'd get hit and he'd go down easily for how big he is. Sometimes he'd go down pretty easily. Fumbling is a huge concern here. With uh, Deontay Foreman as well. The guy had nine fumbles in 433 carries. That's once every 48 carries. Yeah, that's that's not going to translate well. I mean, unless you get that fixed 
yeah, it doesn't. I, I mean, it's almost that's essentially once every two, once every two games you're yeah. fumbling the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. That's way that's way way too much. Yeah, that's not going to ride in the NFL. Definitely when you're not helping out on third downs is the end of forming. And my like Matt and I were talking about this last week when we were talking about the Rashad Jennings getting cut and like, well, who would be a really good comp? One for Paul Perkins getting an opportunity to be the starter, but if Matt if Paul Perkins couldn't be the starter, they could really use a guy. Like Deontay Foreman, right? And go so back Monte to that. Green. Go back to that. What we talked about the the running back by committee. Yeah, like you have two guys, Brandon Jacobs and like Amon Green. Yeah, uh, not Amon Green. I'm no. at, uh, uh, Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Yeah. yeah, and we were talking about well, the that... Browns kind of do it too with Crowell and Duke Johnson. True statement. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. much so. If you could uh, take those two guys and mold them into one, that'd be pretty sweet. A pretty good wreck. You're yeah. talking about what's it like? Eighteen hundred yard running back right there. Sure. All purpose yards. So Deontay Foreman, where his he's a really good running back, but is he one of those guys where his fantasy production is going to be a little bit hindered? Like, he's going to be, again, he goes to the Giants. That's really good for the Giants. He's a really good running back for the Giants. But it goes back to our point of he's touchdown dependent. Right, and he'll have stretches or even possibly like a year or two where he blows up and does amazing and scores a ton of touchdowns and does great for fantasy. But I don't think the consistency is going to be there with this guy. I agree. Okay. I, I, I can I, see that. I think he's a pretty good running back. I think he's going to be a. Real, I think he's going to be when it comes to NFL draft for these running backs. He's going to get probably drafted higher than a lot of these other guys that we might have in our rankings. But again, where his fantasy production comes into point, like into the tip fact, it might be hindered a little bit. Right, do, which I is really see, what we care about. I mean, yeah, and I want to see where he lands because then here's the thing: if he lands with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and he's the only running back they bring in, I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good about Deontay Foreman. Opposite, if he goes into the New York Giants situation, we're like, okay, I feel way worse about DeAndre Foreman because he's got Paul Perkins there. Paul Perkins is the running back there to catch footballs. If he lands with, like, the Detroit Lions, right? The Detroit Lions need a bigger bruising running back to offset uh, Abdullah or Theo Riddick, whichever one they want to use there. Right. I do like Amir Abdullah, but to say he does go to a place like the Lions, too, then he's hindered as well. You're like, okay. He he's, o- he's fallen into a role where he's... He's he's gonna be the big bruiser that just comes in and and yes and he'll be very touchdown. He'll which, be, almost be exclusively touchdown dependent. Which causes yeah, in that him, situation absolutely right. So he will drop down my rankings pretty drastically. Essentially, there's receivers I would take ahead of him. Tight ends I would start taking ahead of him. Even maybe put a guy like um, Elijah McGuire ahead of him. Somebody that may catch the ball more mm-hmm. into that category. But his overall running back, a pretty solid running back out of Texas, right? Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. It, it, interested to see where he's going to land. I mean, he, obviously, the the production you can't. I mean, the two thousand over two thousand yards. You you can't argue that the guy. The guy can produce if At he's Texas given, too. Yeah. So it's not like he's just playing a bunch of sh- you know schmoes going around there as well. Right. So quality school, quality running back. Um, and it's not like hey, Texas had a really good quarterback with a really good passing game too. So it's kind of like they could focus on right on him and he still produced at a high level. So there's a lot to like about Deontay Foreman. He's a, he's literally one of those like running backs I don't have a good feeling cuz I feel like if this guy could be utilized into the NFL and he could be molded into like a three-down running back cuz how good he is and what he does, and he could just get a little bit production in there on those third downs. He could be a quality running back too here in the NFL. Sure. Like one of those guys that's like pretty good. You know, like kind of like that Jeremy Hill his one year. It's like okay, he's pretty good. Right, right. You know what I mean? Uh where if you have a running back too that's consistent, you feel good about that guy, Deontay Foreman. I don't. I'm not set in stone where I am on him in the long term, 
I think I really want to see what happens to him at the Combine. I want to see what happens to him at the NFL draft. But he's definitely in the third tier, I think, of running backs. Definitely in the third mm-hmm. tier because there's a lot of question marks there. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy we're going to talk about next is Elijah McGuire from Big School, Louisiana Lafayette. Ooh. What a great name that is, isn't it? It is. Louisiana Lafayette. I'm going to name my third kid that. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't sure it? Sure does. Yeah. 5'9", cool. We're talking about a four-year starter. He had 4,312 yards, 42 touchdowns, 1,383 receiving yards for 10 touchdowns. This is a guy who can catch the ball very, very well, has really good patience, balance, good power for a size, good vision for a size, excellent speeds, can get outside the line pretty easily. Uh, and he has a second gear. So, like, once he gets going, he actually, hey, see ya, later. Right. Runs with his pads low, you know, so he can run. Be- I saw him run between the tackles, which was good to see. Because he, he falls in that category that has some really good bursts between that line and was, uh, between the line as well. And he's a guy, he did play at the East West Shrine game, so the, the measurables are legit. Like he's 5'9, uh, 205. 5'9, 205. So that's something, you know, it's. I had questions about it. I wasn't quite sure how big he was when watching the tape, but um, he's one of those guys that can, he can like stick a foot in the ground and get upfield quick, man. Yes. He, he is, he's, he's a quick guy. He's, he, he, uh, he can really, he can even break down guys in the open field and make, make guys miss in the open field. I really like his speed to the outside and, and for a guy that's only five foot nine, two or five, he's not a bad blocker. No. So uh, he's stocky for two, like for five, nine, he's pretty stocky. Right. Like, we're going to talk about some guys who are like five, nine and they're like one ninety. He's 205. Right, right. And, and he's young. He's going to add on to that a little bit as he grows. Right, and that's essentially, uh, I mean, that's how big, like, uh, what's his name from the Falcons? Why can't I think Devontae of it? Freeman? Yeah, that's about how big Devontae Freeman is. I think they're not built quite the same way. Um, Devontae Freeman has a little bit uh, thicker legs, it looks like. but um, I think that's a good comp. I think Devontae Freeman, like the Devontae Freeman upside is there for him. Like he's Whew, That's a I, big upside. I th- yeah, and I think out of this tier, I think he's one of those guys, when you look at it, when we look at upside here, right? Like Deontay Foreman, like his upside isn't nearly, it can't be as high as Elijah McGuire's because of what Elijah McGuire can do in a passing game. Right. So it limits Deontay Foreman's upside. So if you're going to go upside in this passing game, like here, again, why do we like Marlon Mack? Because of his explosiveness. But we saw that Marlon Mack doesn't really catch a lot of footballs either. So again, you kind of go back to Elijah McGuire. What we saw, like Matt said, what he can do in the open field as well. Mm-hmm. And that little bit of power he does have for that being that stockiness. And a guy that does run with his pads low. Right. That has a good burst between his the tackles. Has arguably the highest upside here. And we just mentioned a couple minutes ago, Marlon Mack might have that. That's how fluid this could be because now we're sitting here talking about it's it as definitely, a group. It's definitely fluid because I, depending on where, you know, and again, you say this for everyone, but depending on where he can go, I can see him being like the, uh, of that, that next tier, maybe, you know, the, 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 the gem that everyone re- really like his, skyrocket his. Uh, everyone's kind of coveting. Yes. Yeah. I can see him being that guy depending on where he lands. He if it's the right spot. He could be that next guy, like oh, I'm gonna, that he is like the dar- the internet darling, you know, that people sure, want to. Sure. There's so many teams him. right now that need running backs in the NFL. He can easily be, he can easily fall in that category where one of those teams in that need a running back. We all know they need a running back, and they wait till like the third, fourth round where we have guys like Deontay Foreman definitely going ahead of Elijah McGuire in the NFL draft. But where he lands, you see it, and you're like, hey man, this guy has a shot to be that guy at the next level. 
and he's going to get a boost. Right. He may have a more direct path to getting playtime or, you know, whatever, depending on the situation. And we argue in the two minutes, some of the arguments we just made now is like, oh, well, yeah, I think we should boost this guy up in our rankings a little bit. Like, this is a guy that deserves a little bit more respect. I mean, if we're going to go on upside, you know, if we're just looking at on the outside right now, which is talent and what they did in college, and we're going to translate that to a dynasty team and our fantasy football team. And if I'm in this tier and I want to go upside, I should go Elijah McGuire. Yep. I like right? Elijah. I'll yep. agree with that. Okay. Yeah, good player. So, um, next guy here. Now, this is a guy that I have way lower in my rankings than I think just about everybody else. Samaj okay. Perine. Yep. Oklahoma. Um, I think he benefited from Joe Mixon being a knucklehead, right, and having to split carries there. And Perrine's a good running back. I mean, when we talk about Deontay Foreman going to the Giants, you can make the same case of why Samaj Perrine should go to the Giants because he's that kind of running back. He's 5'11", 237. Again, a real big, stocky Stocky, back. definitely. You know, in three years, he had 4,122 yards. More astonishing, he had 49 touchdowns. He has a nose for the end zone. That is yeah. for sure, man. Right. But, again, he's one of those big backs, too. We talked about, like, Deontay Foreman, some of his pass protection. The pass protection you saw at Perrine was just poor. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just not great. I mean, he's not elusive either. This is not. This is a guy that does not have a lot of wiggle. He does not have great, great hands at all. Right. Does not catch the football. Runs pretty stiff. Stiff. He here's what I mean. I basically wrote that he's going to get what's blocked for him. He's not going to create anything extra. No vision, maybe. Yeah. So I, he's a guy that I think his balance and his toughness and bringing down because of his stackiness might give him like. A little extra, a, a there. little bit, but not much. It's not, not much like, in a fancy right, point, right? And I mean, he got—he's one of those guys that I mean, he was in a timeshare, but as the game wore on, he seemed to get better. Like, because I think the defense was just getting worn down. Uh, so right, he, and it is college. I mean, if you're a bruising back and you're our Oklahoma, you're going ten and two. If you're playing some, you know, like lower end competition, after a while, you're beating them to the ground. And I that's mean, what it was. But yeah. it, like most of his his runs that he was breaking like bigger runs were at the end of the game when yeah. I think they were just gassed. Right. So at the beginning of the game, he didn't, to me, he didn't show much. So I'm no. not like overly impressed with this guy. To be I honest. am not either. But if you look at, if you go across the boards and you look at other people's rankings and just people like talking about them, like dynasty rookie rankings, they have smash a Perrine high. I get almost how like for us, cream hunts way too low for people. Like Perrine's way too yeah, high for me. I agree. Again, you can easily make the like the argument why Elijah McGuire should definitely be ahead of Perrine. Perrine falls in that category for me is he's a really good goal linebacker, right? And he's somebody that's going to help an NFL team way over your dynasty team. I'm Almost, not, I mean, I'm not even 100 percent sold on that. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not sure he's going to be much more than like a special teams guy and like a like a, just like a third running back on a team. He's essentially somebody. I, I, and I know it's way too early to say something like this. I won't have zero. I'm in what? 10 dynasty leagues, 12, 59. I'll have zero shares of Preen. Like he's almost pretty much off my board. Like I'll rank him in here just because I have to rank him in somewhere. And I have to give the, the respect where a lot of other people have him somewhere higher than I do. Right. So that, that does have effect on me somewhere. So you got to play it safe and put him in somewhere. But somebody I really don't want anything to do with at the next level. Nothing. Like, literally zero interest in him whatsoever. So far from what I've seen, he's not a guy I'm probably going to have any shares in as well. But, I mean, I'm going to continue my study of him. Right. And, you never and, you never know where guys see end up. And see they, if something else pops off. I don't know what the ideal situation is, but someone can, you can go somewhere where, you know, you would consider it. 
I don't know. I like. I just won't go. I just don't like being team extreme on in February. Yeah, I know that's pretty extreme, <laughs> yeah. and, and I know you don't like to do that. But at the same time, it's just it's what I see now. And yeah, you know, yeah. For, he doesn't for right do now, anything sure. that like overly excites me. Like again, like you said, I mean, did he benefit from his size? And that's where like even those forty nine touchdowns came in just because of his size. Okay, I like his feet. Um, I like that he's tough to bring down. He showed good bursts for you size getting guy. there. Ooh, you know it. Hey, you just do those nails. <laughs> oh man. Um, and he has good balance. But again, besides that, I'm kind of like, okay, that's it. Yeah. I'm kind of good. Um, so let's move on to another guy here. We got Jamal Williams up next out of BYU. BYU. Is that is that right? That BYU, is yeah. Jamal Williams. That's uh, six foot, two hundred eleven pounds. In forty two games, this guy had three thousand nine hundred one yards and thirty five touchdowns. Some off the field concerns, though. Um, he missed 2014 with a knee injury. Sure. So that's an injury concern. Missed 2015 for violating unspecified team rules. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, Nobody he missed knows. an opener before he hurt his knee in 2014 with underage drinking. Getting busted with underage drinking. I'm not going to. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to knock anybody that. for underage drinking. No. It's, I mean, I would never have done it. Personally, sure. I waited until I was 21. Yeah, yeah. Right. I waited in high school and in college. I said, No, listen, the law is the law. The law. All right? 21 means 21. You're right. You're right, Mike. I'm glad you're an upstanding citizen. And I wonder, I mean, he's in Utah. I mean, where is he getting this alcohol? Isn't that like a dry state, pretty yeah, much? I pretty much, from what I, yeah, he's from what cr- I know. He sounds like a criminal. He sounds like pretty much like a crook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jamal, get together over there. But uh, he is a powerful running back. He's a downhill runner who could break arm tackles. He has excellent lower body strength. Solid vision, um, who seems to be his best when he's running north and south. Again, he's de- he's de- yeah, he's definitely a tough runner. Um, was it me, or just tell me if I'm crazy? Does he look like a little herky jerky almost when he's running? Like 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 everything's moving on his whole body for him to to like get a little bit of wiggle. I don't know. He just doesn't look very smooth to me. Like um, he's not. Like again, it's, he's like a north south runner. Like some like guys cut like effortless effortless effortless. effortless. Effortlessly. That's a tough word to me. say. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is. It doesn't roll off the tongue all the time. It's weird. Some words are pretty tough to say. But he, the same but, problem with compartmentalized. <laughs> that's a tough one, too. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. But um, he, I, I don't know. It looks like it's, it takes a lot of effort for him to just cut. It's not It's not effortless, effortlessly. You said that pretty effortlessly. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. somebody take over before I uh, die. Yeah, I mean, again, again, this is a guy that didn't. I mean, he had one career touchdown reception, and that was in 2012. Yeah, so not long ago that was in 2012. Um, so yeah, again, there's a guy. This guy has, you know, injury concerns. He has some off the field concerns, which you know, nothing too crazy about those. But again, doesn't really catch the football either. So it's like, what do you love? I mean, there's not a whole lot you really want to love there. Well, it's weird because um, if you look at his career stats, they went down every year. His freshman year, or um, he caught 27, and then the next year, 18, then eight, and then seven. So I'm not sure if it was a product of the offense changing, and maybe they don't still get the, the running backs involved as much. Yeah, you're right. What? It is weird. They're, they're, he got worse. 27, 13. Yes. I mean, you wouldn't think a guy would get worse at catching the ball. You, you would think that would probably be more of, of the offense evolving into something right. else. I'm not much of a – I'm just going to be honest. I don't really follow Utah. And where you guys analyze a lot of tape, I'm more of like, hey, I watched some games or are familiar. I'm not – Utah's BYU, yeah. Yeah, not really on my radar, so I'm not – I mean, he caught both targets at the Senior Bowl. And right? I say BYU? No, I you, say said, you, Utah. you said Utah. Yeah, I meant, yeah BYU. Yeah. My That's bad, right. man. He did catch both targets at the Senior Bowl. He started twice. But then, but same time, maybe his targets went down because the coaching staff's like, hey, this is not this guy's strong point. Yeah. And who's yeah. going to know him better than the coaching staff at BYU? Right. 
to me, again, landing spot, let's see where he lands. Not a bad running back, not a bad prospect, but nothing that does overly well that makes me go, this is a guy I got to get in my roster. I agree. Right? Yep. Like, I'd much rather try and hope like I can get a guy like one of these receivers, like a Cooper Cup. I totally agree. Yep. Yeah, there's just other guys. Like, it, for me, I'm just not really. You want my Cooper Cup nickname? Okay, what is it? Moscow Mule. Oh, nice. You like that one? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's one third out right. there. I'm proud of that one, so yeah. I'm going to keep dropping it. Okay. Um, so Jamal Williams, BYU, average, right? Yep. Average guy. Next guy we're going to get on here is Jeremy McNichols. Is this guy that you like, Mike, Matt? This is Matt's guy. Not with me? Wasn't it? No. No? Okay. I didn't particularly like this guy. All right. Oh, Boise State, five foot nine, two twelve. Small running back. This guy's small. And what's weird, too, is like... He's a small running back, just like one speed. He doesn't have a second gear. Doesn't really just like he gets going and then that's it. It's like, all right, here I am. I'm I, still going. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine. I mean, dude got like seventeen hundred yards this year too. It's hard to imagine that he got that many on only three hundred fourteen. Just watching the tape, but I mean, because I didn't think I didn't think he was overly quick. I didn't think. I mean, he has decent long speed, but he he wasn't a guy that like created his own yardage much from what I saw and and. I don't know. I, he kind of got what was blocked. So I don't like him. I, I wasn't uh, a huge fan. I think his size totally hinders him, so he can't pass protect. Does not have a lot of power. This guy only averaged 2.1 yards after initial contact. He's just, it's like once you get your hands on him, he's done. That's what I kind of meant by, like, he doesn't create He doesn't create an open space. He just gets hit and taken down. He had eight fumbles over the last two yeah. years. I mean, he catches the ball well, and he has good vision, but to me, he does not seem like an NFL running right. back. Right, and you know, a lot of these, hey, unfortunately, and I'm sure Boise State has some guys, someone will correct me or whatever, but they're not highly touted skill position players that they're bringing in from high school because it is Boise State, you know what I mean? Sure. So, um, Doug Martin. Doug Martin, yeah. And, you know, that roller coaster. Right, it's definitely a roller coaster. Um, I, I just, like, I don't really see too much in him in terms of investing a, a pick on i see zero interest to the point where i just matter even in the, so if i get to that point in the draft we're talking this guy's gonna go in uh fourth round of your rookie draft probably right around there jeremy McNichols. i'm much just better off taking i'd rather have like an upside of a quarterback there right and, and if it doesn't work then so be it you know what i mean I, yeah i'll take a tight end that has yeah. good upside here i mean what we're basically saying is let somebody else draft jeremy McNichols. I would agree with that I, statement. Me too. Right? Sorry, yeah. Jeremy. We're not fans. You're on the poop list. Yeah. Start making me a sandwich. <laughs> Next guy up, Wayne All Gallman. Right. Wayne Gallman. Clemson, running back 6'1", 215 pounds. He's a banger. He's a banger, fellas. Okay. Sounds English. Yeah. <laughs> That's a banger. Sounds pornish, if you ask me. Uh, or, yeah, or pornish. The, the guy does not have a lot of wiggle, does not have the best balance. Uh, didn't didn't really see him making too many cuts, man. You know, needs to lower that shoulder, shoulder a little bit more to keep uh, keep it moving. This was a guy I didn't really like either when I, after watching the tape. I didn't really think he was anything special, to be honest. Can't pass protect very well. It's, to me, it seems like he's one of those good change of pace running backs. He definitely, I feel like, somewhat uh, underperformed in college. I mean, I kind of like Wayne Gallman because, like, you know, I'm a sucker. Like, when someone's kind of highly touted coming out of high school, um, I don't know. Like, I, so I was into Wayne Gallman. I thought, like, hey, because him and Deshaun Watson came in at the same time, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm off a year, but regardless, they were they had a big, 
class, and I, I thought he could be something. And then he kind of showed a little something his sophomore year, but just overall he's missing something, and I can't really put my finger on it. But And here's the thing, too. I mean, he's on a team where – you couldn't just focus on him. He's on a team surrounded by playmakers, Deshaun Watson, Mike Williams, Jordan Leggett. I mean, there's some good playmakers on this team, and he didn't do anything to really make himself stand out. You know what I mean? It's kind of like one of those guys, change of pace, running back, didn't do anything special for me whatsoever. Kind of just a guy that's going to kind of fly under the radar for me. I still think he's good enough where I would draft him. Good enough, yes. Now, he falls in the category, he's good enough where I would draft him. Like, he's in there in the third round. He's on the right team. Like, I'll, I'll invest in Wayne Gallman. One of those guys that could be, like, a good change of pace back, the right injury to the, his team, and he gets, like, three or four games of being a starter, and he produces, like, running back two numbers. One we might have a running back one number. Like, one of those guys you want to have on your team because he's going to be on NFL roster. And you know how it is with running backs. If you're on a roster and you get to the point where you're the number two on a roster, you're going to be at some point a plug-and-play for your dynasty team. Definitely when it comes to bye week. So definitely an ownable running back. But the ceiling for me there is just not that great. Yeah, I agree with the ceiling thing. I, I'm not even sure I'd waste a pick on him. Be be honest, that's just okay. how I feel. Fair enough. I just uh, I don't. You guys know who Phil Steele is? Yeah. Yeah. So like Phil Steele, like I read his magazine or whatever. He was real big on Wayne Gallman. You know, coming out. You know, so I was sure. like, oh, Wayne Gallman, Wayne Gallman. Just one of those guys that you follow. So maybe like I'm more so thinking in the past than the present because it was just someone that like oh this Wayne Gallman. Plus he was going to Clemson and you know so maybe I'm somewhat tainted thinking of what he see could that, have been. and to me but, like that even like that that puts him even lower down my tier because right, like, he didn't live up to that he didn't live up to right. it and like usually i mean how many guys do we talk about that come out highly touted and they go into college and then they kind of like just underperform all of a sudden turn on the nfl not likely yeah right it, okay. yeah it's very few and far between in that I'll, right. I'll be the sucker to take him just because and it'll stink <laughs> let Mike draft him. Yeah, we'll tell him to you. Let Mike draft him. So everybody, everybody out there, let the Mike of your league draft yeah. him. He just falls in the cat. To me, I mean, I, I've just seen this over. Like, I don't know. For playing Dynasty for so long, like I've seen these guys come and go so many times. Where like, right where it is, like, yeah, he's worth drafting. It's Jamal Williams, like, he's not that bad. And then like, you literally never mention his name again. In two years, he's pretty much cut off your roster. Yep. Remember he's Wayne Gallman? Remember Wayne? Barely. Hey Wayne, party on. Um, let's talk about the next guy here. Let's talk about Elijah Hood, running back for UNC, Mitch Trubisky's boy. Right, six foot, two hundred twenty pounds. This is a guy that I see as a fullback in the NFL. I don't even see him as a running back. Uh, he's a downhill runner who can pass protect. He's not elusive. He's not very fast at all. Um, has really trouble getting outside a lot. Big, powerful back. He's a banger. Um, good he's balance. You know, he can break some arm tackles. Had 20 ta- 28 uh, arm tackles broken over the last two years. But again, to me, it just, I think he produces, we're talking about like because of size at the college level. I think he produces a little bit better because of that. But to me, he seems like he's a fullback. I literally didn't watch any tape on this guy, so I, I can't comment. No need to. He's a fullback. Like that's, yeah, okay. I, th- I would say he's a, a size guy. He doesn't have a lot of speed. I, you know, I mean, he was a good college running back okay well i just want to throw another name out there for people we want to try and be as right. thorough as possible elijah hood so if you see him in the rankings just kind of think this is guy's most likely going to turn into a full pack like a john coon kind of running back you know a guy in that kind of category somebody, somebody you're not going to really want on your fantasy team no yeah 
Well, when you look back in the history, he was a good college back, but not going to probably transfer to the NFL. So, leave, leave him on the waiver wire yeah. if you're desperate and he, he starts a string of scoring a bunch of touchdowns in a row, and then maybe pick him up if you need him. So the next guy we're going to talk about is somebody that I do like a lot, and I'm glad we kind of got through some of these chumps here to get to a guy that I do like a lot, that sure. have a lot of upside on, and I might even have two low my rank- rankings. James Conner, Pitt, six foot two, two thirty five. His nickname is the Terminator Ooh. because his name is James Conner. Right. But also because this guy's a monster. He's a machine. Yep. I mean, this guy was the ACC player of the year in fourteen in 2014. He had 1,765 yards and 26 touchdowns, five catches for 70 yards. Then in 15, um, he did have eight carries in 15, but he got hurt. And after he got hurt, he tore his MCL. It wasn't a dude. He had, like, leukemia or something. No, no. Yeah, he tore his MCL first. Okay. And then after the MCL, he got diagnosed, he got diagnosed with Lodgkin's okay. lymphoma. Okay. okay. But he did her his MCL first. Um, so he's out of 15. Came back in 16 after the MCL tear and beating cancer, which is pretty remarkable in itself. Kudos Abs- to you. Absolutely. Broke 1,000 yards, 1,092 yards, 16 touchdowns. Also increased his receptions a lot. Caught the ball 21 times for 302 yards, which is pretty good. Absolutely. Um, again, 2015, MCL tear, Hodgkins, Lafona, beat it. His excellent, excellent speed for a guy of his size, being six foot, 235 pounds. That's one thing to stand out for, for me is like, wow, look at this guy run, how fast he is. And James Conner is one of those guys, Mike put me on him his freshman year. He's like, right, dude, I like say, this James Conner guy coming right. out. So I've been paying attention to James Conner, his entire career because it's one of those news and Mike's like hey watch this James Conner guy at Pitt man he's really really good so I'm like okay cool and then he blew it out his sophomore year like which made it seem awesome right he went berserk almost almost 1800 yards uh, rushing yeah yeah, that was in 2014 before the you know before the cancer and everything so honestly I mean I think the guy this whole year he was probably still just working himself back yeah to be honest yeah I'm kind of don't know what the the to really make of him I'm wondering I mean I think this guy if he can return to the 2014 form is right. like sky's the limit. Touchdown yeah. machine. I yeah. feel like he's the biggest sneaky player in here. Yeah, absolutely. Again, throughout the community is getting no love. Yeah, I'm I mean, just we, wondering why. We talked about on the, on the last show Joe Mixon is the as the highest um ceiling tier 2 guy. I mean, I think James Conner is by far the highest ceiling tier three guy that we're talking about today. As a three down running back, I completely agree. Yeah. Like we were talking about like Elijah McGuire being like a really good high upside. He should be our number one guy for like that PPR standpoint explosiveness. Sure. But as an overall guy that could be like David Johnson. Right. Like that David Johnson running back, right? That we talked that kind of like he went in the second round of everybody's rookie drafts. So like people like, but nobody really like overly talked about. That could be James Conner. A- absolutely. Like James kind of be that kind of running back that ends up being like the number three overall back out of here, and people are like, wow, who saw it coming? I could see that coming. Oh right, and he's a guy that the the more this process goes, and if everything health uh, health wise checks out at the combine, I could see him moving way up on my board. The needle, right. yeah. I, I mean, like passing up Deontay Foreman, like those kind of. I mean, seriously. I just did a quick uh, update on my rankings. And, there, and I, when I got the James Conner, I was like, I need to move. And I, I thought the same thing. I was like, I need to move him up ahead of, like, everybody just because I like to be there now. Right. So Because sometimes you just want to hang your head on something. Like, see, I had James Conner there the whole time because yeah. I do like him a lot. Sure. And he's, and he's been one of those guys that's been on my mind for so long that maybe I got And that's what kind of I hesitate somewhat because, like, I don't know if I like him a lot because I've liked him for so long um, or if I just like him a lot because of what I see on tape because I do like what I see on tape. And I agree with you wholeheartedly where – I think this is a guy that, you know, in 15, 
And we're talking about we're not talking about the whole year fifteen. We're talking he played he got he played like the first game before he hurt his MCL, tore his MCL and got cancer, and he had to come back from that. Came back, played all the games, still broke a thousand yards, caught more football, still ran for good touchdowns. This guy could be a touchdown machine, and like you said, needed kind of like a whole year to come back from just everything that was going on for this guy. I mean, this guy that was at one point probably not even thinking about football once a year to think sure, about beating life. cancer and living. Yeah. So where was he shape wise? And then at the end of that, he does he does start working out and getting back into it. But we you know, that takes time. It's never going to be though. The one thing that would be nice about taking a guy like this, if it works out, awesome. If it doesn't, it's not going to be one of those things where it's going to be a lack of effort. Where you're like, God, that dude's just a lazy bum. It, like he's definitely going to put every ounce of effort into sure. being. And that's something awesome. you can get behind, like right, just yeah. like emotionally, you're like, yeah. you're invested kind of in the dude. Absolutely, he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know by the time you listen to this podcast, which is this one's pre-recorded, that. James Conner is going to be ahead of my rankings. Pretty and again, there's it's just one of the things you make your argument in your head for, and until you sit down and talk to somebody else that's like knows what they're talking about, so sitting here talking to you guys, it it kind of backs up and solidifies. Hey, I'm not in this dark corner here. This guy is good enough where I can come out and step into the light. Right, right. I don't have to be in this corner and be shunned. This guy's good. We won't shun you for liking James Conner. I mean, right? This guy could be a touchdown machine, right? And he's already got the sweet nickname, the Terminator. What can go? What else can go wrong? (laughs) The guy beat cancer, scores touchdowns galore. It sounds pretty awesome. Right team. This guy could be a force to reckon with, or, or at the very same, a guy that we like his talent a ton and kind of fall in that kind of like that Leonte Carew category, where just falls in a bad spot. You know what I mean? It's kind of like yeah, you know, okay, right? Yeah, I mean, he goes to a team like. Because of this, where he falls in the draft, like he ends up just because a team took him because of value, he lands on the Dallas Cowboys, who don't have an efficient running back. You know, they only have they're going to let MDMC go, run DMC go. Though they have Alfred Morris, like wow, this guy's really good. James Conner, he fits our style, kind of like what we want Zeke to do. Anyways, let's draft this guy, and he doesn't play too much. He never, he just he's a really good running back who just never plays. Right, you're you're waiting for the next team almost for four years. So right now we're going to bump him up. He could be bumped down just because of selection or you get bumped up even higher. But I do agree. I think out of all the guys for a three down overall fantasy production wise, I think he might fit the bill as the highest upside. I like that pick. James Conner. Terminator. That's right. Next guy, Donnell Pumphrey. Nice name, right? Mm. Pumphrey. Hello, Pumphrey. (laughs) Um, San Diego State. Now we're talking to a guy. That is super small. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Five, five foot eight, 169 pounds. What? That's like that's a real measurement. He came to the senior bowl and measured in at five foot eight, 169. I'm bigger than that guy. So is everyone here? Uh, yeah, we're 100% all of us are bigger. <laughs> oh, I outweigh this dude by a good amount. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a guy that on a strong, windy day, he better start holding on to something because he could easily get tossed around here. I mean, he is super tall. So that's a huge. Huge problem for him. But he uh, led the FBS in, in rushing. This yeah, year. which is crazy. So for his he's size. The, you know this guy's NCAA, and I swear I haven't backed this up, but I've read it twice somewhere. He's the NCAA all-time rusher with 6,405 yards to well, 6.0 average. I mean, he's got an amazing average. He he catches the ball really well. I mean, he's he averages like around 25 catches a year. Yeah, 99 total career. Yeah, so... Um, it's it's really really nice, man. I mean, and really, he he performed well in the Senior Bowl. As I say, I wrote here the Senior Bowl notes. Yeah, he had a good Senior he Bowl. He had a good Senior Bowl, and they they used him not not you know they used him on kick returns and stuff like that. But he he ran the ball. Yeah, he has solid speed, vision. Yeah. He's elusive, 
And for for a guy that small, he never got injured. The best comp That's for this shocking. Guy. Yeah. yeah, the best comp you can give this guy, and the best high seal is like this guy could be Darren Sproles. He, I mean, hmm. three hundred and fifty oh, attempts this past year. 350 attempts for a guy that's 169 pounds, and the guy didn't get injured. That's, you know, that, and that's how Darren Sproles came, remember? Right. Darren Sproles came in the league. He's super small, and people are like, we're going to use this guy as a running back. Right. Absolutely. And people are like, there's no way you can. And where he wasn't highly productive there, he still was able to do it. Sure. But his bread and butter came in a passing game, and Pumphrey could fall into the exact same category where, hey, if we, like the Eagles, when Ryan Matthews struggled, like, all right, we're going to use Darren Sproles as our, because yeah. they had to. It was a necessity. Right. Was it highly productive? No. Was he usable? Yeah. Yes. But Darren Sproles was still productive because of the passing game. Fantasy-wise, yeah, absolutely. So, again, when you're looking at it, when it comes down to some of these guys, like, again, so we're talking about Samaj Perine, where everybody has Samaj Perine higher than uh, Pumphrey on their Dynasty rookie rankings. To me, that makes no sense. Like, again, I'm just going to go ahead and take Pumphrey because – I'm going to take the upside there. Some of that's going to probably stick around on an NFL roster for some years and be a viable option. And you never know. He can be one of those sneaky guys where he might not be consistently be able to be used on your roster. But a but bi-week guy or an yeah, injury and, guy. And, and time. There's going to be times throughout the years where you're going to be able to plug and play him, and he will help you win some football And that, And that's not a bad investment in, like, the fourth round or something right. like that. Because how mean, many guys you draft in those rounds that never see the light of day? Exactly. So if you can get a contributor. And he's a guy that's going to he's gonna contribute on special teams at the very least for a team, which is going to keep him around and keep giving him opportunities. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. He, they're, they're, they're those perfect guys that sit on the bottom of your dynasty roster that you don't ever cut. You know, they're on your roster about a good four or five years. You don't cut them. You don't really always start them, but there's guys you need to help you get by and keep that record and maintain that record. They're really solid, like dynasty players that could turn into those guys. And at some times and some flexes could be really quality assets to actually help you and get propelled into much better wins. And the guy, the guy, the guy that can show up in your championship week that can kind of put you over the edge. The guy and the guys you can need just when you need them the most. Donnell, Pumphrey, San Diego State. There you go. Super small. Got yeah, size it. is yep. going to be the only thing to hold him back, yeah. right? So if he fails, it won't be people like us. Oh, he's too small. It doesn't surprise. But if he succeeds, he's that kind of success story that Darren Sproles is. People like him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about another guy, Corey Clement, Wisconsin. There you go. Running back. Now we all know the Wisconsin running backs usually don't turn out too great, unless you're Melvin Gordon last year and you have a great bounce back, it's a phenomenal year. Yeah. Right? Um. <laughs> He's five foot ten, two twenty one. Wisconsin running backs always benefit because of the scheme they run. Right. They're a power running scheme with really big, beefy offensive lines. Uh, he had five hundred seventy six carries for three thousand ninety four five three thousand ninety four yards. It's good for five point four yards per carry. Thirty six touchdowns, twenty nine career receptions. He's one of those guys that's just a really well-rounded runner. That's exactly how I would put him. Yeah. He's I a mean, good package deal. Man. Yeah, he doesn't mess around. He yeah. gets up field, does everything average, nothing great. Um, good drive, really lost yards. You know what I mean? He was always moving forward, so he's like, sure. you can trust him. Not overly powerful, but he could push a pile. Yeah. You know, not, mm-hmm. nothing great, an average. Showed that he could pass protect. He, yeah, he actually is, was deep. Yeah, he's one of the, the guys that isn't bad in this draft. Little, little injury history. Runs with his pads a little high. Um, pile, again, like I said, he benefited from that power system, too, in sure. that great old line. But he has good vision. Again, always seemed to be able to create. 
get more than was blocked for him. He showed well at the Senior Bowl throughout the practices as well. So, I mean, that's another little feather in his cap to get away from, like, the Wisconsin scheme and kind of do it in a different scheme and and, and produce. So. I'm really I'm really curious about this guy's 40 time to see how fast he really is. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's one of the slower guys. I mean, like, like low four fives. I was thinking, like, yeah, like four six-ish, four, six. right, right around there. Yeah, see, I want, I'd like to see if he could run, like, a 4-5, like, higher 4-5. That'd be, like, oh, wow, that's pretty impressive like for him. Right. I mean, I mean he showed and he good feet and lateral agility. For a guy like his size, too, he showed that he could, like, he could move left and right We're splitting well. hairs between, like, a, a high 5-8 and, and, and a 4-6. I mean, that's pretty. We're talking a second here, yeah. okay? <laughs> he, he's a guy, like, on my radar in terms of, like, to see more just because a little disappointed in his college career because Wisconsin is known for their good college running backs. And they suck, usually. But they're really good in college. Right. right. So, um, you know, he was the heir apparent, and it just, you know, I don't know. He never really necessarily lived up to expectations, but um, he wasn't horrible, though. Right. He just didn't live up to the lofty, the the guys before him. That's true. Um, so I'm just interested. He's just someone I'm just going to keep an eye on and see how the process with him moves forward. I'm not... Uh, Xing, crossing him off, or you know what I mean. It, uh, I want to see more where he goes, different different things like that. Sure. So does sure. he fall into that same category we just talked about, of kind of like Donnell Pumphrey? Somebody you you kind of want to draft just to have on your roster for like, eh, there's some upside. Like he might get an opportunity here and there. Well, he's definitely not a future starting NFL running back. No, that for I think him and Pumphreys are very different. Yeah, and, I think and, they're way different. No, no, not the same player wise. I'm talking about. But for the reasons I would want to draft Pumphrey, I, I, they're not the same as Clement. I agree. Yeah. With that. I, I think it's a different situation. Like it, it's like it's it's totally different for me. Yeah, yeah. you're I right. Agree. Yeah, actually, you're right because there's upside for Pumphrey. Right. Right. It doesn't seem like there's much upside for Clement. No, I mean it, everything would have to fall. I think like perfect for him to get like a, even an opportunity. So I mean I, I'm not at that. At, but I but at that I mean. I'm still, I'm not like actually, I'm off my board like Mike said. Yeah. So I he's around, he's a late round draft pick that might strike gold somewhere. I mean, sometimes there's running backs that come in that are just average in the NFL or college and they're trying to be okay mm -hmm. NFL running right. backs. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, if the scheme wasn't, you know, great, it, it didn't play to their strengths, perhaps, you know, like maybe he gets to the NFL and, and the light bulb goes on in a different system. So possibly indeed. Mm -hmm. All right. We got a couple more guys here and then we're done. Um, Matt Days and Joseph Williams. Uh, so, Matt, I haven't watched any tape on Joseph Williams at all yet, but you, this is something that you want to talk about. Sure. Tell us I about mean, Joseph Williams. The guy is, I mean, ridiculously fast, basically. I mean, five. 4'3? Like fast? Th that, I mean, there's been rumors that he'll, he'll run a 4'2 at the 40 uh, at the combine, which is ridiculous. I'd be really surprised at that. But, I mean, he, he's 5'11, 205, so he, he's. He's an all right sized guy, but I mean, it's it's his burst and his speed, man. That's really where his game is. He catches the ball really well out of the backfield, um, but he can he can he, he's one of those guys that just gets upfield. He foot in the ground, gets upfield, and and he can make people miss. And with that kind of speed and the catching ability, for me, he's a guy. I mean, I want to dig in more. I didn't get to do a ton, um, but I, I like his upside. He's out of Utah, right? Out of Utah, yeah, yep. five eleven, two hundred two, right around there. Two hundred five, yep. Okay. So, okay. I mean, it's a good size if you could run as fast as you're saying. I mean, it's not as I – mean, on tape, he's fast. I'm not sure he's four too fast. Okay. But on tape, he looks fast. He's faster than everyone else on the field. He, he, I mean, 1,400 yards last year. He only he did only catch nine balls, but from what I saw out of the catches, 
he has natural hands. Like he does, he wasn't fighting it to catch the ball. And and on those nine catches, he got 107 yards. So um, he he's a he's a nice he's a nice prospect. He's going to be a late round guy, I think. But somebody well. you want to draft. But somebody I would take a, a, and, take a and, shot. And that's on. where okay. we get at the end of these drafts when it comes to how deep this running back class is. You're most likely just to be swooping on these running backs and hope something sticks to the wall. Right. Here. I mean, he's a, he's a guy like unlike Clement, who I don't think it is a guy that has like an an any one outstanding quality. This guy has. Joe Williams, he's got he's decent size and he's he's fast. He's super fast. So for me, like a late round guy, I want something to hang my hat on, something that sticks him out, like sets him apart. And you can from hang else. your hat on that because look, I mean, there's one guy that did that. Ter- I mean, if you're talking about the mecca of a guy like that that turned into something, if he could run as fast as you said, who's that tell you? Chris Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. A guy who did a guy who did nothing well, right? But he was just super. Fast, right? So on the right team for that small window, if you can get it to a team that gives them the right amount of holes and stuff, they could break off those eighty-yard runs. Sure, Chris Johnson, that's like a high upside. Where so, does he project as he, to be drafted? I, I mean, I would think that he he's probably one of those guys that falls in between the four and six six round yeah. range. Okay, so I mean, he's a late later. But a guy right you want to take a note of because again, these are the guys where you're going to see a lot of other people's boards and rankings, and they're going to be consistent, and people are just going to take these guys. But a lot of those guys are going to want to zone out. And these are, when we talk about guys like this, these are guys that you want to circle, right? Sure. And remember, because these are the guys like, hey, I'm drafting this guy. Mm-hmm. You want to go, this is where you're just, you're not going for uh, a safe pick. And these late rounds, you're not going safe. No, there's going, no reason I'm, to go safe. No. Once you hit the fourth round, you're trying to find like that, that, the highest upside yeah, guy. Yeah, the, the diamond in the rough guy, right? And, and that's why I hone in on, on certain qualities. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to have something. You can't be a guy that just, I'm average at everything. That does nothing for me in like yeah. the fourth, fifth, and sixth round. Like, that's not, I mean, that's what's like, the point? Yeah. Corey Clements, like these guys, these right. guys are in your rankings. Again, they're in our rankings too because sure. we have to rank these guys. But you're going to highlight certain players like this that give you the, okay, there's a chance here this guy could be a legitimate starter. Right. So I'm going starter material. Even if I have to overdraft this guy by five or six players, right, by most other people's rankings because this guy has the upside. So once I get to the fourth round, there might only be five or six guys that have, like, good upside. That's it. So out of, you're talking about 24 guys, maybe, like, five of them have good upside. Sure. And you come away with every single one of those guys. That's what I mean, that's, that's the plan, you know? So... He falls in that category. You have other players here that are worth mentioning, like Matt Days for NC State. We talked about him for the Senior Bowl show. Show guy has excellent vision, good burst between the lines. Um, but he's like a perfect change of pace back. You know, he he was for him. He catches the ball really well. He actually was fourth on his team in receptions with thirty two at NC State. So he was a viable option there in the in the passing game. Matt Days, and then there's other guys we're not going to talk about, like Devion Smith for Michigan, uh, Shock Linwin for from uh baylor you got guys like aaron jones from utep that uh, are worth mentioning uh a guy like aaron jones had solid had solid production while at utep but you know he's not worth he'll probably go undrafted nfl but worth noting and Um, and you know we could always touch on these guys a little bit more after you know when we do the after the draft show and if they get drafted we'll we'll dig in the list is so deep it's like okay now let's see where the nfl teams think of these guys because the rest of these guys are just like Jags, right? I mean, if we if we didn't really mention them, and if you think there's somebody we're mentioning and we need to dig more tape in, tweet them at me at Dynasty Rich. Let me know. Hey, 
you should look at this guy, and this is why you should look at him, because those are guys get bumped on your list. Sure. Because right now their list is so long, it's so hard to dig deep into these guys. There's and, not a lot of tape on them. And I like those two, those uh, Devion Smith and the Matt Days, the two guys that you you met uh, mentioned there, as guys that I'll probably dig in a little bit deeper um, in the coming coming weeks, I guess. Yeah, I mean, a guy like D'Angelo Henderson, he played at Coastal Carolina, right? Um, he's just a small school guy who had a high production. You know, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, let's see where he goes. He's somebody that maintained a 6.4 yard rushing average while catching 97 passes. So from that kind of like mold of a running back, somebody you kind of want to pay attention to and see where it goes. Small time school, D'Angelo Henderson. Sure. Um, but again, we'll dig into the guys that need be. Right now, these last two episodes, if you listen to them back to back, we have the top tier and the bottom tier. Uh, in this bottom tier, though, there's some good names here that we mentioned that have some really good upside guys like, guys like James Conner, Marlon Mack, and Elijah, Elijah McGuire. Sure. The, and, and I think in the coming weeks and, and months and stuff like that, we're going to probably refine that a little bit more. I, we kind of just set it as a third tier. This whole, this whole podcast has been like a third tier, but that's probably going to be broken down into a third, fourth and fifth. Yeah, that tier. definitely. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, Cause right now we easily say Connor Mack and McGuire or like in their own tier, sure, like the next sure. tier. So that'd be tier number three, and then you go down to tier number four. And we'll also rank these guys out. I mean, as we go through along, mm. we'll say, hey, here's our board. Here's where we stand. And by the end of this all, before we get into the rookie drafts, we'll actually have a big board of, okay, this is the order we have it. This is the rankings with the running backs, with the receivers. Right now, we're going to go through all the positions, see where they stand, see where we stand as a whole. The NFL draft will come, and then we'll break it all down for you. We'll go in these drafts. You'll come out a winner by listening to the podcast. Booyah. All right. So that's it. That's our running back uh, section. Next week, we'll be back with rookie tight ends. Mike, you're not invited. Don't even bother showing up. Dude, you put a tight end around Mike. Oh, my goodness. He just loses control. Yeah. Keep him away away from the tight end. Dude, the guy has fingers disappearing left and right. Oh, my God. Gross me out, man. Awesome. So uh, in the meantime, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. And I don't go on Twitter anymore. You know what? Matt is he's at Dynasty Rich. He's off. He's off Twitter. I'm stress free, man. Mike retired. I cut so many uh fantasy leagues and I'm going stress free in 2017, man. Did you? Hate social media. Drives me nuts. Yeah, more power. Your hair looks thicker. Yeah, it it does. Looking better in shape. That's right. Looking good over there, man. Glad to have you back on the podcast. Thanks. Um so until then, guys, have a safe weekend. We'll be back. And then, again, as it come along, we'll talk about the combine. It will sneak its way in there. Next, after tight ends, Mike will be back for receivers. Absolutely. We're going to break it down for multiple episodes of receivers, which is going to be a pretty good, kind of like this running back group. You have those top two, and then some guys you like, mm-hmm. right? Moscow Mule. Ooh. Ooh. Moscow Mule. So in the meantime, make sure you hit up DynastyNerds.com every single week for all the articles that you can handle. Give us a rating and review. Buy a T-shirt. Join the Superflex League. Ooh. Everything else. There's nothing else. Nope. That covers it all, right? All right. Well, peace out, suckers. Gotta go. Bye.